Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture. A better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. The Bureau of Land Management has announced the Arlington Solar Energy Center in Riverside County is now fully operational. The facility will generate up to 364 megawatts. That's enough to power 110,000 homes a year and will include 242 megawatts of battery energy storage. The BLM originally permitted this project along with the McCoy Solar Project and Land Use Plan Amendment to the California Desert Conservation Area Plan in March of 2013. The BLM worked extensively with tribal governments, local communities, state regulators, industry, and other federal agencies to permit the project, according to the agency. Workers at a Stanislaus County tomato farm and packing company are the first to successfully unionize under a new California law, making it easier for farm workers to organize, according to the United Farm Workers. The union said California's Agricultural Labor Relations Board certified the election petition of workers at DMB Packing, also known as Demer Fresh, based in the northern San Joaquin Valley town of Newman. 51% of the company's 297 workers voted for union representation. The workers organized under new rules enacted this year by a controversial new California law, which allows farm workers to vote for union representation by signing union authorization cards called Card Check. They'll be part of UFW, which represents nearly some 7,000 agricultural workers at 20 California companies. Prior to the new rules, farm workers voted for union representation via a two-step secret ballot process that often took place at their worksite on employer property. After months of public pressure and a White House endorsement of the bill, Newsom and the United Farm Workers negotiated a compromise that allowed farm workers to vote by card check but remove the vote by mail option and other complicated administrative processes. The previous version of the law, which went into effect in January, changed that to two options, allowing farm workers to mail in ballots or vote via card check. DMB Packing, which currently disputes the election results, said in a statement it supports and respects the rights of farm workers. Save the date. As the California Department of Food and Agriculture and the University of California Davis College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences are having a two-day conference called State of the Science Summit, reducing methane from animal agriculture. The summit will be held May 21st and 22nd of 2024 at the University of California Davis. The summit will include informational presentations and panel discussions with leading experts in methane mitigation and animal science, connecting the dots between the scientific and regulatory aspects feed strategies to reduce enteric emissions. The goal is to identify opportunities for collaboration and research that can help the dairy and beef industries meet climate goals. More information on the 2024 summit, including a registration page, will be available as the event draws closer. As of November 1st, all employers should be using the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services newly revised and updated Form I-9. 
The USCIS revised and updated its Form I-9 in August of 2023. A grace period for use of the old form was extended through October 31st. However, as of November 1st, all employers must have switched to the new form or risk penalties for noncompliance. To confirm the use of the latest form, employers should look for the August 1st, 2023 edition date on the bottom of the page and an expiration date of July 31st, 2026 at the top. Bakersfield College has opened a new agriculture center at the Delano campus that aims to teach sustainable farming methods. The Regenerative Agriculture Education Center at the Bakersfield College. The Agriculture Center will serve as a space for students to ask questions, learn sustainable practices, and is an access point for agriculture students to try new technology in farming. The center boasts a solar greenhouse, no-till farming, biochar demonstrations, and smart irrigation systems. Officials say the Agriculture Center plans on becoming the only community college, regenerative, and organic center in the state of California once it obtains its certification. California cotton producers are invited to apply for a new program called Climate Beneficial Fiber, Building New Accessible and Equitable Market Opportunities for Climate Smart Wool and Cotton. With funding from USDA's Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities Program, the National Center for Appropriate Technology and its partners are ready to provide technical assistance and $18 million in direct payments to producers, enabling them to choose and adopt climate smart conservation practices that fit with their farming operations and goals. Participating farms and ranches will work with experts to create a tailored plan that identifies opportunities to bring more carbon into soils and vegetation and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Participants will then receive incentive payments for adopting practices that besides being climate smart have benefits such as increase in the water holding capacity of soils, reducing the need for expensive synthetic fertilizers and boosting overall farm productivity. The program provides technical and assistance in planning at no cost to producers and pays 75 to 90% of the average cost of implementing recommended practices. Over the next five years, the program hopes to sign up 100 agricultural operations and impact 2 million acres of land. At least 40% of all program benefits will go to small and underserved farmers. Building on the Climate Beneficial Verification Program already developed by Fibershed, the program is also working with well-known clothing brands and textile manufacturers to expand markets for climate-smart cotton. Growing concerns about textile-derived microplastics, land use impacts, fast fashion, and human rights have prompted an industry-wide shift to seek natural fiber sources with verified benefits to land and climate. For more information, log on to fiberpartnership.ncat.org. You know, from not having to drive all around the areas to monitor manual traps, you'll be able to see it right on the palm of your phone, so you have actually less time to check the specific orchard, the specific fields that you're monitoring for that specific pest. Automated monitoring for pests is the next big step for integrated pest management in the field or orchard. While manual monitoring methods are tried and true, some growers simply don't have the manpower to continuously check for pests, especially in areas where pressures are questionable or inconsistent. Automated monitoring technologies, however, allow the grower or manager to sit back and receive precise notifications from an app that tell them what's in their field or orchard. TrapView's Jorge Pacheco explained how this process can target specific areas and keep the monitoring process efficient. The process that we use for digital monitoring of that pest, it's obviously done daily versus in the current state in manual systems, it's done maybe once a week. 
So from an improvement of the use of this, that, such technologies, right, we're improving the monitoring of critical pests uh, daily versus weekly. So we were improving in the timing and the efficiency of monitoring those pests as, uh, you know, in, in different crops. As for where Pacheco is seeing the automated monitoring technologies used today. When you're looking at machine learning analytics, then you're basically taking a lot of the operational efficiencies, you know, from not having to drive all around the areas to monitor manual traps. You'll be able to see it right on the palm of your phone, so you have actually less time to check the specific orchard, the specific fields that you're monitoring for that specific pest. So actually, you have a lot of utility from, you know, just being able to see it in a digital format in the comfort of your phone or a desktop application, for example. So we've used that, you know, in many different areas in the PNW, for example, in tree fruit for cuddly moth and apples. Uh, we're using the technology in uh, California Central Valley for NOW in almonds. Uh, so those are examples, for example, of where our technology is being used today. Important to note is that Pacheco and companies like TrapView that provide monitoring technology aren't discrediting manual methods, as obtaining numbers for certain pests still rely on these. We're not advocating that the manual systems are wrong or they don't work. They have worked for many years. The idea is to start incorporating these new technologies to really reap the operational efficiencies that we see. You know, again, better monitoring, better data to make better decisions. So you're actually saving a lot of time, money, and effort, especially if you look at, for example, in the conference that we're here today, and obviously in California for almond growers, right, in Trina, based on the state economic state of the, of the industry, those operational efficiencies are going to contribute a lot for the growers to start moving away from manual systems to a digital system that is more efficient in terms of reporting, accuracy of the data they're receiving, so that way they can make better decisions and data-informed decisions in their farms. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with CAT Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination. Innovation. Science in action. The U.S. Forest Service has proposed a change in regulations that would allow it to consider requests to inject carbon dioxide beneath the 193 million acres of national forests and grasslands. Currently, the Forest Service is barred from authorizing exclusive and perpetual use and occupancy of its land by outsiders, a prohibition that would apply to carbon storage because the gas would remain underground for hundreds of years. The proposed regulation would create an exemption for carbon capture and storage projects. If approved, the USDA agency could authorize 
authorize proposed carbon capture and storage on National Forest Service system lands where and if it's deemed appropriate. Public comments on a carbon injection idea will be accepted until January 2nd. The Forest Service says that the proposed rule would harmonize carbon storage regulations with the Bureau of Land Management. The BLM issued its carbon storage policy in July of 2022. Retail food and feeding advocates join the American Farm Bureau Federation to press for improvements in any new farm bill. Their message was the same as AFBF's, a new farm bill is needed urgently. Leslie Saracen heads the Food Industry Association representing thousands of food retailers and wholesalers. Of September 30th, there was a provision that ended and has not been extended and we don't know what's going to happen. And that relates to the transaction fees that are associated with SNAP purchases and and other government-provided programming. Saracen told a National Press Club gathering food retailers already have a razor-thin profit margin. We on the retail side will continue to pay our part of the transaction fee that's associated with that. But the other side now is not required to pay that part of the transaction fee. So then the question becomes, are we going to have to pay that at the retail sector as well? And in a business that over the last 40 years has averaged a 1% to 2% margin, that's just not sustainable. Leslie Saracen with the Food Industry Association. County committee elections are now open for local Farm Service Agency offices. And Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Duchenau discusses some of the duties of FSA County Committee members. The FSA is unique in all of the federal government in that it does have producer-based county committees to help with the delivery and implementation of the policy decisions that are made within the 52 programs in the Farm Service Agency. Those county committees serve in every county. Counties are broken up into local administrative areas, so it's important that you understand which of those local administrative areas you're in. As a member of the county committee, your job is to represent your producers as stakeholders in the delivery of FSA programs. County committees are local ag producers who help ensure fair and equitable administration of FSA programs in their county or their multi-county jurisdiction. And they're under the general supervision of the appointed state committee, and they really serve as the eyes and ears of the producers who elected them. Another important role of the county committee is that they are the supervisor, in fact, of the county executive director. So they'll weigh heavily in the decisions that are made with regard to selection of new CEDs. The last day to return ballots for the county committee elections is December 4th. The newly elected county committee members will take office on January 1st of 2024. Of the essential elements for plant growth, sulfur is one of them, but there are two forms of sulfur. Taylor Parrucker, crop nutrition lead for the Mosaic Company, talks about the two types of sulfur. There are 17 specific nutrients that plants cannot live without. Sulfur is one of those. When an essential nutrient is, if a deficiency occurs, that deficiency has to be corrected in order for the plant to continue to grow and produce yield. In agriculture, we commonly use two different forms of sulfur. There's sulfate, which is an immediately available form that the plant can take up. The other form that we commonly use is elemental sulfur. This isn't something that a plant can take up. It has to oxidize to an available form, and this does take time, but what it does do is it provides mid to late season sulfur needs for the plant when used in the right scenario. He talks about how plants take up sulfur. 
Plants take up sulfur through the roots, primarily by mass flow. What that means is that the roots will take up sulfur with water. Now, the challenge with that is that sulfate is a mobile ion. And so as it's potentially being taken up with water, if it's in the soil solution, it is subject to leaching. That's where something like elemental sulfur comes into play. Elemental sulfur is not water soluble. The plant can't take it up and it won't leach. And what it does do is it provides slow release form of sulfur that provides mid to late season needs. I think it's important to recognize is that this oxidation process does take time. It can take several weeks or months potentially, but when used in combination with sulfate, it can provide season log availability. Now is the right time to begin planning a crop nutrition program for next year, he says. It's important to keep these processes in mind when making fertilizer decisions because plants require sulfur throughout the entire growing season. Today's corn hybrids and soybean varieties, and this is true for any crop, is that they take sulfur all the way up until they mature. And it's at a pretty steady pace. For example, corn takes up about 50% of sulfur during vegetative growth and about 50% during reproductive growth. So it's important to have a season-long supply of sulfur. Microessentials is a phosphate fertilizer by the Mosaic Company that provides both sulfate and elemental sulfur which are two forms that provide season-long sulfur availability. He says now is the right time to begin planning a crop nutrition program for next year. Fall is a great time to purchase and apply fertilizer. But again, I think it's important to keep in mind that plants require sulfur throughout the entire growing season. Having a form of sulfate early in the growing season allows plants to take up the form of sulfur that it needs. Elemental sulfur is a slow-release form that provides a mid to late season availability. So it's important to keep in mind different forms of sulfur and how you'll integrate that into your crop nutrition program. Taylor Palrecker, Crop Nutrition Lead for Mosaic Company. Prices paid for crop seed increased significantly faster than the prices farmers received for crop commodities between 1990 and 2020. During that period, the average prices farmers paid for all seed rose by 270%, while the crop commodity price index rose 56%. For crops planted predominantly with genetically modified seed like corn, soybeans, and cotton, those seed prices rose by an average of 463% between 1990 and 2020. During this period, GMC prices peaked in 2014 at $600 and 39% above 1990 levels. Despite their higher cost, GM crop varieties have provided significant productivity gains for farmers, partly through higher yield, but also by lowering farm production costs. For example, GM traits for insect resistance reduced the need for pesticide applications. Similarly, GM traits for herbicide tolerance provide a substitute for mechanical tillage, thus reducing the cost of labor, machinery, and fuel previously used in controlling weeds. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.